Hey all you Josh junkies out there. Welcome to another episode of Just Josh with Josh Gentry, world's most fascinating author podcast. I'm recording this on February 2nd, 2024. This is season three, the season this became an author podcast. And uh, episode, I'm not sure, I don't remember. My book, Bad Penny. Is available in ebook format from all major ebook retailers. And what I'm going to talk about today is in that book, Bad Penny, why are there so many viewpoints? There is something like five character viewpoints in Bad Penny. That's a risk for a couple of reasons. One is that some readers just don't like that. You know, it, even when it's very well done. It's just a, a style of storytelling that some people don't like, which is fair enough. We'll have our, our preferences. So that may rule out a certain portion of the audience already. Secondly, it's hard to do. And so it's conventional wisdom for your first novel. Probably shouldn't do it because you're already going to be, it's already hard enough. And to kind of illustrate that, so I spent quite a bit of time writing the book. And when I finally had a completed first draft, and first draft doesn't mean that I just, I don't, by that I don't mean that I just spit it out and really no polishing or whatever. It, I mean, it had been hammered out on the anvil pretty good by then. And it was complete story arc, beginning to end. And I had some people who were really kind enough to be beta readers for me which I got some very good feedback from. A lot of it was positive. But one thing that was, I think, universal was they came back and said, I had trouble keeping track of whose viewpoint I was in. Which I have to admit was disappointing because it wasn't like I knew, didn't, like, I knew that was going to be a challenge, right? And so I thought I had pulled it off. I thought I had made the characters' voices distinct enough. Also, you know, there was just the mechanics of... Uh, the beginning of every chapter is titled with the name of the character whose viewpoint it's in. Um, a pattern that's become pretty common since, like, the George R. R. Martin did it in his books and stuff. So, I knew it was a challenge. I was hoping I had nailed it. I had not nailed it. <clears throat> and when I did my second draft based on the feedback from the beta readers, I'd say 80% of it was, was based on that one piece of feedback. So I spent almost another year on the second draft dealing with this. Mildly because I don't have that much, I mean... I manage about two hours on the weekend. That's my writing time usually. So it takes me a while. But, um, so what did I do? Well, one of the problems was I had some really short chapters. And you might have a really short chapter in one person's point of view. And then, I mean, it'd be like a page long. And then switch to another character's point of view. That was part of the problem. So I went through... And I made sure that didn't happen anymore. I may have rearranged some chapters to make that happen. But mostly I added material. 
so that you were in that viewpoint longer once you got into it. This also helped with another problem, I think, which the book had, and actually still does have, which was pointed out in our first Amazon review by uh, Marcus, wrote a very nice review, and in the um, could-have-been-better comments, mentioned that the pacing was a little uneven and in some places maybe a little too fast. So I think in lengthening those chapters to help with the viewpoint problem, it also helped with the pacing problem. So that was good. The other big part was uh, it was completely... (coughs) Excuse me. My apologies for not editing that that out, but I don't edit. Um, where was I? Oh, the whole book was in first person, so you had all these different characters, and but it was always I, I, me, I. So that also makes it harder to keep track of. So I thought, okay, I probably can't do that. I'm probably going to have to do third person, but I loved Bad Penny in the first person. That's how the whole story started. It's probably still the strength, biggest strength of the story. It's like, ah. So then I made the semi-radical decision to do another thing that is not super common and maybe not recommended. Uh, Is that bad pennies are in first person and the other viewpoints are in third person. That was the other major thing I changed to help that problem. And that was a lot of, of work as well to rewrite all those scenes and chapters. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. So why did I do this to myself? <laughs> and perhaps to the readers. Well, I, I don't want to say that it's a crutch or a cop-out, but I was trying to solve a problem. Another problem I was having as a, a first-time novel and writing this length of a story was the whole plot thing. So I'd be going along in the plot. I remember it was all first person and it was all at first and Bad Penny's viewpoint. And I get to a point in the plot where I really wanted the reader to have some information that Penny did not have, right? And for her to get it, she would have had to like teleport across the city at that point in the book to get it, right? This is one of the challenges of first person narration. Obviously, if you think about it for a second, you can only get the information that your main character is getting. And so every place that you want something to be overheard, every place you want something to be seen, whatever, you have to somehow naturally, as part of the story, get them there in time to get that information to give it to the reader. I was not succeeding at that. And... I don't remember exactly why. So, um, at some point, I was like, well, I could convey that information if I was in a viewpoint of one of the people who's there, right? Like, if I was in one of the different characters' viewpoints. And then something kind of clicked based on my own experience. And this is, you know, I think when a lot of people, when they reconstruct how they did something... It's a whole lot more straightforward and logical sounding than the muddle it really was when they did it, right? So I'm, I'm trying to give you a more uh, realistic picture here. When I first started getting into listening to, like, audiobooks, audio fiction, it wasn't, like, audible. It was at patiobooks.com. And 
before actually you could really self-publish ebooks, some enterprising uh, writers, their form of self-publishing that they came up with, because you couldn't, am, there, the Amazon thing wasn't available, uh, was but podcasts had had come around, and they started releasing audio versions of what they wrote in the form of a podcast, a serialized like fiction. And one of them, my favorite, still of all time of those, was something called The Failed City's Monologues. And it was put out by, I think, Variant Frequencies was the production company, and they have, like, music and different theme music for... But anyway, it was in, it was in the viewpoint of a bunch of different characters. That's the different monologues. And they had different voice actors for different characters and different theme music for different kind of elaborate production. It was all written by a guy named Matt Wallace. Uh, to this day, I love it. And it switched viewpoints like all the time. I even f had a working title of The Bad Penny Confessions, I think I called it, instead of monologues. When I hit on this idea, so I thought, oh man, I love Failed Cities monologues. Once I had the idea that maybe I would switch out of Bad Penny's point of view, all of a sudden I went to, oh, I love this one where there were a bunch of points of view. And also, there's a <laughs> there's a quote, I think, from... Um, um, oh, dear God. My favorite writers of all time, whom I'm drawing the blank on the name right now. Well... He wasn't well known for having plots that made any sense, even though books were very well loved. And he had a quote that said, if you're writing and you get to the point where you don't know, you don't know what should happen next in the book, have someone come through, have a man come through the door with a gun, basically. Um, and so what I ended up doing was at any point that I'm going along in the, um, I'm going along in my story, my plot, and I hit a point where I'm not sure what should happen next, or I do know what should happen next, but I'm not sure how to get there, it's switch viewpoint. Uh, and that's... I don't know if that's a, you know, really incredibly great technique or not, but it got me through, right? It, it worked for me in the sense that I was able to complete a plot arc, and people are enjoying it. I think it holds together, and then... then you know, I got very interested in the different viewpoints of the different characters and everything, too. So that's why, despite the fact that there's a lot of difficulties involved with the multiple viewpoints and that it's hard to pull off. And even if I pull it off well, some people just aren't going to like it. Uh, that's why I did it, because plotting is also difficult, <laughs> I guess, is the answer. Um yeah, so that's why. Okay, this is already... Hit. We've already passed the 10-minute mark, and I usually have a goal of keeping it kind of to 10 minutes or under. So thank you for listening. Um, for all those of you who have um, either read the book as advanced reader copies or have purchased it, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for spending your time reading it. I know how valuable it is. That's really... Um, means a lot. Marcus's review is up. If... If you could see your way to make a little time to leave a review, I mean, almost all the sales have been on Amazon. That's probably the best place, but I don't care, really, if you want to do it somewhere else. But it's it's really helpful. 
So if you could see your way to doing that, uh, I would be even more in your debt. This has been uh, another episode of Just Josh and with Josh Gentry, the podcast where I think, therefore I'm wrong, after which I podcast, today is a miracle.